You're listening to the preaching podcast of the Amazing Grace Baptist Church located in Mount Airy, North Carolina, where Dr. Jonathan Barker is the pastor. We pray that the following message will be a blessing to you. Chapter number one this morning, and um, uh, we'll look at this. I love the story of Hannah. And uh, I don't know that I'm just going to rear back and preach to you this morning. Uh, I'm probably just going to talk to you just a little bit today on the story of Hannah. This is a very interesting story. Really, I need to read about the first two or three chapters of 1 Samuel for us to understand everything about Hannah. But I know you want to go eat, and I want to go eat too, so I'll not do that. But just briefly, uh, Hannah, the Lord has shut up Hannah's womb Hannah's not able to have a child, and Peniah, um, the other wife of Elkanah, has provoked her and made fun of her because of that. And Hannah is upset over that. Uh, matter of fact, the Bible even uses the word bitterness over that. And we'll pick up reading in verse number 10, and the Bible said, and she was in bitterness. This is talking about Hannah. The reason she is in bitterness is because she's not able to have a child. The Bible said she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. I just want to say this in passing this morning. I find it interesting in Hannah's life that when that trouble came to her that she didn't go talk to everybody else about it. She just took it to the Lord. Boy, there's a valuable lesson that we can learn from that today. Verse number 11 says this, And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid, and remember me, and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man-child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. And it came to pass as the uh, as she continued praying before the Lord uh, that Eli marked her mouth. Now Hannah, um, uh, now Hannah, she spake in her heart. Only her lips moved. Uh, but her voice was not heard, therefore Eli thought she had been drunken. And Eli said unto her, How long wilt thou be drunken? Put away thy wine up from thee. And Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of sorrowful, of a sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Count not thine handmaid for a daughter of Belial, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken hitherto. Look down in verse number 19. And they rose up in the morning early and worshipped before the Lord, and returned and came to their house to Ramoth. And Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. Boy, what a beautiful passage of Scripture right there. Verse number 20. Wherefore it came to pass... When the time was come about, uh, when the time was come about after Hannah had conceived, uh, that she bare a son and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked him of the Lord. Look in verse 27. For this child I prayed, uh, and the Lord hath given me my petitions, uh, which I ask of him. Therefore also have I lent 
him to the Lord. As long as he liveth, he shall be lent to the Lord. And he worshiped, or and she, and he worshiped the Lord there. Chapter two, verse one. And Hannah prayed and said, "My heart rejoiceth in the Lord. Mine horn." And I'm just going to say this and pass it. You that likes to study, go home and study that horn right there. Said, "My horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth is enlarged over mine enemies because I rejoice." In thy salvation there is none holy as the Lord. For there is none beside thee, neither is there any rock like our God. Now Lord, I pray over the next few minutes that you help us today. I pray God that your will and way would be done in this service. God, you know the very need of it. And Lord, I pray God that you help us today. I pray God that you use us as we preach today. God, I pray Lord that your people would get help from it. We'll be careful to give you the praise in Jesus' name. Uh, Amen and amen. You can be seated. I was studying this week and I read this article. It said, uh, based on a study made by salary.com, if the typical stay-at-home mother in the U.S. were paid for her work as housekeeper, cook, daycare center, teacher, laundry machine operator, van driver, facilities manager, janitor, computer operator, chief executive officer, and psychologist, she would earn an estimated $140,000 a year. Now, that's a pretty interesting statement, amen? And um, today's a day that we set aside to say thank you uh, to our mothers. It's Mother's Day. And I've already said this, but I'll say it again. You better say thank you to them uh, while they are alive. We're not promised them another mother. Day. Matter of fact, we're not promised them for the rest of this Mother's Day. So we should say thank you while they're alive. As I was thinking about Mother's Day and what to preach on Mother's Day, uh, uh, the Lord brought me here to the life of Hannah. Hannah's a very interesting story in our Bible. And, uh, you that uh, you that has studied your Bible very long or read your Bible much or been around church much at all, you've heard the story of this little lady by the name of Hannah. When we come into chapter number 1, there is the desire of Hannah that we see. Hannah simply wants to have a child. Not only do we see the desire of Hannah, but we see the dedication of Hannah. Hannah stayed dedicated to God, uh, even though things was not always going Hannah's way. And I'll say this just in passing this morning by way of introduction. It's easy to be dedicated to God when everything's going our way. Amen. It's easy to be dedicated to God. It's easy to worship God. It's easy to be faithful to God. It's easy to live for God when everything is going our way. But in the life of Hannah and her dedication, everything wasn't going her way. Matter of fact, everything was going right the opposite of what she thought. However, she was still dedicated in the midst of her adversity. You not only see that, but when you come into chapter number 2, 
You see the delight of Hannah. God has now blessed Hannah with a child and Hannah is thankful for that. Can I show you three things today and then we'll go home and, and uh, if you hadn't figured out what we're having for lunch, we're having chicken and taters in our house. Somebody say amen right there. Let me show you three things this morning about a God-fearing mom. And can I say this to you? The greatest, the greatest, the greatest gift that you'll ever give your child is to be a God-fearing mom. The greatest, amen, goes right there. The greatest gift you can ever give your child is your child know that you're saved by the grace of God and your child see you walk in the admonition. I'm preaching real good. See your child see you walk in the admonition of the Word of God and you train your child according to the Word of God. That is the greatest gift you'll ever be able Hey, look, my mom may not have been able financially to give me a lot growing up. Hey, but you know what? She gave me the greatest thing and that was taking me to the house of God and praying that God would save her boy and use her boy. Amen. Hannah today was a God-fearing mom. Let me show you three things about her and we'll go home. Number one, Hannah's perseverance in an adverse condition. Hannah's perseverance in an adverse condition. I've already said a little bit about this, but let me say it again. Hannah, when you study her life, persevered or stayed committed to God even in adverse conditions. When things was not going her way, as you begin to look at this, you'll find out. Look with me in verse number 5. Look what the Bible said in verse number 5. The Bible said, And unto Hannah he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah. This is talking about Elkanah, her husband. But the Lord had shut up her womb, and her adversary also provoked her sore, for to make her fret, because the Lord had shut up her womb. In other words, I would say it this way. Her, her persistence or, uh, uh, as you think about it, her perseverance or her persistence in an adverse condition. When everything was not going right in Hannah's life, Hannah still followed God. Hannah still followed God. As I began to look at this and study this, and you that knows your Bible, especially the Old Testament, um, one of the main roles of the wife in the Old Testament in those days was to provide children. And that was one of their things that uh, was uh, to a certain extent their glory was to be able to provide children and, and, and do that for their husband. But when you look in Hannah's life, Hannah was not able to fulfill uh, what all of society thought she was supposed to do. Do you hear what I just said? And can I just say this? Our society today has a warped view on what a mother's supposed to be. Yeah, man. They have a warped view. Can I tell you what a mother's really supposed to be if you study the Word of God? She's supposed to be a mother. That's what she's supposed to be. She spoke, well, it's going to get quiet right here, but that's all right. I got Bible to back it up. She's supposed to be the keeper of the house. That's what she's supposed to be. And, uh, you say, well, a stay at home mom does nothing. You can tell you've never been one. I've never been one, but I'm going to tell you right now, my wife probably works 90 to 100 hours a week trying to keep cleaned up behind all of us. 
She is a psychologist. <laughs> That's the only reason I'm as level as I am. <laughs> uh, y'all ought to spend the week with me in a meeting somewhere when she ain't there. <laughs> Are you listening to it? This society has a warped view on what a mother is supposed to be. And in this day, she was not meeting uh, the needs uh, of those around her. What society thought she was supposed to be. But you know what she did? Uh, there was a perseverance. Uh, there was a persistence. Uh, uh, she stayed true to God uh, uh, no matter the condition around her. Hear me and hear me well this morning, mother. If you're going to be a God-fearing mother, no matter the condition around you, no matter how bad it may be, you must stay faithful to the things of God. You must stay faithful to the things of God. And can I just say this? That's good preaching for all of us. Yeah, man. No matter the adverse condition around us. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people want to blame their sin on the conditions around them. There is no excuse for sin. Well, they just got with the wrong crowd and that's the reason they're where they're at today. No, they made a choice to do the things they did and because the choice they made took them to where they're at and that's the reason they're in the condition they're in. Amen. Don't die on me or I'll preach an hour this morning. The adverse condition that was around her. You know what? She had decided no matter how bad that condition was, that she would stay faithful to the things of God. Her perseverance in an adverse condition. Her perseverance in a perverse condition. Adverse condition. Now I think about number one this morning. And as you think about this, when you really think about this, look what the Bible said in verse number 8. Then said Elkanah, her husband, to her, Hannah, why weepest thou? And why eatest thou not? And why is thy heart grieved? Am not I better to thee than ten sons? You know what he said? Here's simply what he's saying. Am I not good enough? Really, Elkanan's got a problem right here. He's trying to fix a problem that he knows nothing about. Now, you ladies, I need some help from y'all right here, okay? Men are natural fixers. If Leslie comes to me and says she don't understand something, Brother Josh, immediately I go into fix mode. And I start saying this or that, Miss Christian. She says, all I want you to do is listen. I'm not worried about you fixing it. Just listen. You know what Elkanah was doing? Elkanah is saying, hey look, I've done this and I've done that. And I've done this and I've done that. Am I not better than children? And you know what? Even in her uh, uh, adverse condition, she still stayed faithful. Her persistence was still the same. God help us today, not just mothers, but all of us no matter the condition around us, that we persevere in the things of God. That we stay persistent in the things of God. i say this again. It's so easy to live for God coming out of Friday night, Brother Adam. Man, it's easy. 
It's easy to live for God when you've been in a service and you've walked ten people walk the aisle and get saved and you've seen the glory of God manifested to us the way that it was. It's very easy to live for God. But let everything go wrong. That's where Hannah's at. And she's still living for God. Number one, Hannah's perseverance in an adverse condition. Number two, I'm moving quickly. Hannah's dependence on God in times of crisis. You see, because of her condition, it led her to a time of crisis. It led her to a time of crisis. You say, what was that time of crisis? Well, think about this, her womb shut up, she can't have a child. Think about this, and, and I know nothing about being a mother. I know nothing about that. But I do know the joy my wife has because she's able to be a mother. You understand what I'm saying right there? And I have talked to a few that the Lord has not allowed them to have children. And I don't understand, I don't understand that condition. But that condition leads them to a crisis in their life. They, amen. They question a lot of things. Hannah, here she is and at this time in her life and she don't understand why things are the way they are. The Bible said in verse number 9, So Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh, and after they had drunk, now Eli the priest sat upon a seat by a post of the temple of the Lord. Verse number 10 says this, And she rose, or and she was in bitterness of soul. Just time out right here just real quick before we criticize her for being in bitterness of her soul do we really know what she's going through. Before we criticize somebody for the condition that they're in and the crisis that they're facing, do we really understand where they're at? Do we really understand what they're going through? No. No. I I have no clue. I have no clue. What brother Josh went through when he laid his wife to rest. Have no clue about it. And it's easy sometimes. Now you can holler amen or old me. If you'll holler amen, even if you don't like it, we'll get done quicker. It's easy sometimes to look at someone's condition and someone's crisis and say within ourselves, I would do this or I would do that. We don't know what we would do until we're at that point. And here is Hannah. Her condition is bad. Others has made fun of her. Hell, Cain has even pushed her to the side to a certain extent. And what does she do? In the midst of her crisis, she finds herself running to God instead of running to anybody else. In her time of bitterness, she finds herself before the throne of God. I'm glad that in the midst of our conditions and in the midst of our crisis, we do have a God that we can run to and we can make our petitions known unto God today. Oh yeah, her dependence upon God. You know what? She was at a place where she couldn't lean on Elkanah. She was at a place where she couldn't lean on her friends. She had even come to a place, Brother Jonathan, where she didn't lean on the man of God. She decided to go directly to a man, to God Himself. Her dependence on God and her times of crisis. Don't you see something about her times of crisis? Don't you see something about it? 
Look back with me in verse number 5. Look back with me in verse number 5. I want to show you something right here. The Bible said this in the latter portion of verse number 5. But the Lord had shut up her womb, and her adversary also provoked her sore, for to make her fret because, look at this, the Lord had shut up her womb. The condition and the crisis that she was facing, God had put on her. Do you hear me this morning? There are some times that crisis hit our life and it's not God's fault, it's our own fault. When David faced the crisis that he did, that I preached about last Sunday, in the death of their baby, that was not God's fault. That was David's fault because what he had done wrong. Amen. But right here, God had brought this on her. God had allowed this to happen in her life. God had allowed... Sometimes God will allow our crises and our conditions to get to where they're at. To bring us closer to Him. For Him to reveal Himself to us in ways that He's never done it before. I believe if we was all honest within ourselves today, that's saved and knows the Lord and we're trying to live a life for God, I believe we would all say that crisis has made us better Christians. Crisis has helped us to have a better testimony. Because of crisis, we're now able to be a testimony to somebody else in their times of crisis. Oh yeah. Think about this. Sometimes we we have this thought in our mind. We have this thought in our mind that we don't deserve what's wrong. We don't deserve that crisis. We're too good to face what we're faced with. Listen to what Job said. But he said unto her, Job chapter 2 verse 10, Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. Then he says, What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God? And shall not we? And shall we not receive evil? And all this did not Job sin with his lips. You know what Job said when his wife had when his wife had turned against him? When his wife had Job's in the midst of a crisis. His condition is this. He's now lost all ten children. Practically everything he's got is gone. And he looks at his wife and says, As good as God's been to us, should we not expect evil with that also? Listen to what the Bible said in Psalms. It is good for me that I have been afflicted. What about that? The psalmist says, it's good for me that I have been afflicted. That I might learn thy statutes. You know what he's saying? Here's exactly what he's saying. Because I have been afflicted, it has caused me to learn more about God. Her crisis, and in the midst of her crisis, she learned a dependence upon God. And that dependence, and I don't have time to preach all this, but Hannah makes a vow to God. Hannah says, and I find this interesting, and I promise you I'm winding down, I'm watching the time. 
Hannah says that in the midst of all this, she, she begins to pray. And Brother Josh, what I find interesting is she prays specific. She didn't say, God, give me a child. She said, God, give me a man child. She prays a very specific prayer. And here's what she says. She says, God, if you'll give me that man child, I promise you, I'll give him back to you. All the days of his life, here is the verses that we bring a dedication when we dedicate a child back to God. It's scriptural to do that. Right? Here's the verses we get that from. She says, God, I'll give you that child and all the days of his life. He can be yours. I'm giving that child back to you. What happens to Hannah? God blesses Hannah with the child. Hannah's crisis and Hannah's condition has now led to her crying out to God. It's now put her at a place where quite possibly she would have never been. I hope you're hearing me preach today if this condition in crisis hadn't hit her. She'd have probably never prayed this way. She'd have probably never gone to that place where she wept sore. What the Bible said, and wept sore. Can I put that in low gap terms? <laughs> Y'all ever been there before? You ever got to that sob and cry? That's where she's at. Why? Because of her condition. Because of her crisis. But now look at her cry to God. And in the midst of her cry, she says, God, God, if you will, I will. If you'll do this, God, I'll do this. Study me out. That's what she says. There's an if and an I when you study this passage of Scripture. And you know what God does? God hears her cry. And what happens? God blesses her with a child. What happened? Verse number 20. Wherefore it came to pass, when the time was come about after Hannah had conceived, that she bare a son. He answered her prayer request to its fullest. Sometimes God answers and it's not to our fullest, but it was right here. Amen. Now she's made this vow. Miss Tanya, come to the piano. You see... The condition, the crisis, the cry. I want you to see this. She stayed faithful to her commitment. She said, God, if you'll do this, and God, I'll give that child back to you. God, if you'll give me a baby boy. She made a vow. Remember that verse over there in Ecclesiastes chapter number 5 and verse number 5? Better is it Thou shouldest not vow, then vow and not pay. Then vow and not pay. You ever went before the Lord and said, Hey God, if you'll help me with this, I'll do this. You better stay true to that. God said it's better that you would not vow than vow and not pay. And you know what happens? Her commitment to her vow. Look at verse number 27. For this child I pray, and the Lord hath given me my petition which I ask of Him. 
Therefore also have I lent him to the Lord. As long as he liveth, he shall be lent to the Lord. And he worshipped the Lord there. Did you notice that? The Bible didn't say, and she worshipped the Lord there. The Bible just said, he. That's not Elkanah. That's not Eli. You tell who that is? That's Samuel. That's Samuel. Can I just show you something? I promise you I'm trying to quit and I'm fixing to. We're going to show you something. She said, God, if you'll do something. God, I promise you. I'm talking about a God-fearing mother. She said, God, I promise you. I'll give that baby back to you. God, this is what I'll do. God answered her request. And until the baby was weaned, she kept the baby at home. But after the baby was weaned, read the chapter. She took the baby. Wasn't a baby then. Depends on who you're reading after. They say probably between three and five years old was when Samuel went to the temple to worship. Look what happens. She gives him back to God. And now the child is worshiping. Not just mama. Not just mama. But now the baby's worshiping. Now the young man and boy, could we start and preach another two hours on the life of Samuel and what he done. Now he's worshiping. It's one thing to worship yourself. But son, it's quite another thing to watch your kid worship. Friday night, the girls and Lydia was singing. When they got to that chorus, and Olivia come out on the lead, but I've been to Calvary. And you that was there, when she got the cow right there, she broke and started weeping. And that place erupted. It was one thing for me to worship, but Brother Josh to sit there on the platform and look over at my 13-year-old with tears running. I'm about to throw his coat off and run out the door. Look over at my 13-year-old with her hand raised in the air. Worshiping was something different. Let me tell you the reason she is, number one, because of God, but number two, because there was a mama that said, God, if you'll give me a child, I'll give that child back to you. And that mama has tried her best to raise her in the admonition of the Word of God. And now she's watching her child as they worship. A God-fearing mama. She stayed true to that commitment. She stayed true to that commitment. What we need in these days, yes, we need some godly daddies. And Father's Day is coming. And I'll preach on that. But we need some mamas today that'll weep sorely over their children. That'll beg God to let them be alive. 
I've come to this conclusion. I'm probably going to make some people mad right here. That's all right. The chicken's already in the crock pot at my house. I'm telling you, we're living in a day today where the women is wickeder than the men are. Got a filth to your mouth. Blows my mind. Cuss like a sailor. Post profanity all over Facebook and then the next post. I love Jesus. No, you don't. You probably need to get saved. We need some we need some mothers today that'll say, God, number one, thank you for letting me be a mother. Number two, God, let me raise godly young ladies in the admonition of the Word of God. That stands for what's right. Some of our young teenage girls are more ladies than most of the ladies in society today. They carry themselves with more manners. God, give us some God-fearing moms in these days.